I'm not going to read the text. It is printed for you. It truly is one of my favorite Sundays of the year, Transfiguration Sunday, and it's all the more better done on, uh, that we're doing deacon ordination on Transfiguration Sunday. But this is almost a science fiction scene of beauty, of a vision, voices are heard, people are seen that have long since died, and there is a great moment of aha for Jesus, for the disciples, and isn't that what we're all seeking? Great moments of aha, visions and voices that might change who we are and transfigure who we are. So I'm not going to read the text. We've printed the text today, and then the choir will essentially sing the text to us. May you be transformed as you, are heard, or as you hear this good news.
Thank you to Bob and Roxanne and to our choir for a beautiful setting of the Transfiguration text. If you have listened to me at all, you will know that I frequently stand on a soapbox for the church, love for the church, and concern for the church. That concern centering in a frustration for the way religion is portrayed generally in our culture and the way Christianity more specifically is often communicated. Related is my frustration with some of the skeptics, some of the angry atheists who parody church as backwards and out of touch. Of course, there is some justification for that criticism. If I only listened to those proclaiming their angry fundamentalism, I would be a cynic too. But I wholeheartedly believe that Christian faith is still a compelling alternative vision for our world, a world that is obviously always on the verge of its own destruction. Jesus offers an alternative to our violence a vision of society structured around a kingdom of respect and the equity that can only come through humility and gratitude and self-giving love. And I believe Scripture, Old Testament and New, is filled with wisdom, even for today. Biblical narratives are not out of touch they are archetypal tales that conveyed truth in the ancient world and that have the power to break the church's impasse with rationalism. Rationalism, that view that truth must be based only on material proof. Rationalism devalues a deeper wisdom that seeks to convey life's meaning. And meaning cannot be determined by scientific inquiry. Purpose cannot be evaluated by mathematics. Sorry, Tom. There is a deeper way of knowing, even in a world aligned with scientific wisdom. That way is a wisdom that is open to the language of spiritual experience. The language of spiritual experience because of scientific rationalism and the overreaction to it by Christian fundamentalists, we are locked in the current culture war. It is an uncivil war of, uh, uh, between the fundam fundamentalists, religious fundamentalists on the right who reject science because of the Bible, and materialistic fundamentalists on the left who reject the Bible because of science. And both are wrong about the Bible. Because both of the fundamentalists limit any possible understanding of Scripture to a so-called literal-only reading. It's an impasse. It's unnecessary. It's dangerous. It keeps both sides, both fundamentalists, from appreciating the real value of the language of spiritual experience. Which brings us to the transfiguration. For the religious fundamentalist, this text is proof positive that Jesus was divine. The only way they can hear the story is as an epic miracle, a bodily transmogrification. Jesus uh, there on the mountain, 
that moment revealing his divine status. Either believe it literally, they say, or nothing else can the, in the Bible can be true. The materialist fundamentalist on the other side, well, they can't even have a conversation about this. They are so dismayed that anyone in the modern world could still believe such superstitious gobbledygook, and they just walk away. Do you understand? They're both looking only at a literal-only reading, a literal-only way to understand this beautiful story, and they're at an impasse. What both fundamentalists need to hear is that this is not a magical story of a supernatural bodily transformation, and it was never intended to be. This story is a retrospective. It is the church looking back, giving witness to the power of Jesus. It is their attempt to put a spiritual experience into words. Jesus had changed before their eyes, and that transfiguration changed them. As the church reflected on the Jesus event, Jesus was transformed before their eyes. For his followers, the Jesus event became a revelation of God, the way to God. In the end, it was really not his transfiguration, but their own that was the most important because without their transfiguration, without their witness, the Jesus event would have died when Jesus died. On this Sunday, this Transfiguration Sunday, we need to learn to celebrate that transfiguration still happens. Insight, revelation, clarity comes to Christians and Jews and Muslims to the faithful and to the agnostics, to the believers and atheists alike. Isaac Newton had an incredible moment of revelation. And just like an apple can fall from a tree giving and just like an apple can fall from a tree giving world-changing insight into physical reality, spiritual revelation also happens. Moments of clarity, moments of vision. Who am I? What is my place in the world? Who is God? What is God calling me to be? What was, is Jesus trying to teach me about how to navigate this crazy world? What are the limits of my own transformation, my own transfiguration? It's not magic. It's just reality. The truth that something greater is at work around us and within us, it's mystery. Sometimes breaking into the mundane moments of a modern world. It just takes being on the right mountaintop and being open to experience it. May it be so. Amen. We come to this moment, an important moment in the life of our church, not just in the life of this service. We come to a moment of recognition of deacons. In a lot of Baptist churches, deacons essentially serve as the board of directors. They're called the board of deacons. 
we call our deacons a body of deacons, and we try to pattern their work after the first deacons called in the book of Acts. We read, they were called to serve tables, literally to serve the daily distribution of food to the widows in that church. And so our deacons are called for service, called to wait on tables, to serve one another, to be servants in this place. We come this day to ordain some new deacons, to install a few others to a new term of service, to recognize the importance of service among us. Amy and I invite you to join with us in this litany that we will share together now. Today we recognize, challenge, and pray for Kathleen Carrier, Julie Klein, Kevin Klein, Laura Leach, Matt Leach, and Rebecca Terry, who have been elected to serve as deacons in our congregation. We pray that they may assist us as we all grow in being more alive to God's spirit in our lives and in our community. You know, it's been a couple of years since we have had the opportunity to have the laying on of hands as part of our deacon ordination process. In 2020, we had it because the pandemic shut us down in March and we didn't really know it was a thing in February. In 2021, I don't even think we were together. In 2022, we were together, but we did not feel that we could be close enough to each other to come down and do this. And so we did the Cuban way and everybody held their hands out and we offered blessing. But they feel comfortable enough, and I know many of you feel comfortable enough, for us to return to the way we've always done it before. So we just ask you to consider your own comfort level, and if you're not comfortable coming forward and being close enough to someone to whisper in their ear or touch them uh, because of COVID and other illnesses, we completely understand that, and you can offer your blessings from your seat. But if you are comfortable, I would really encourage you to come and be a part of this um, right, R-I-T-E, of service. Um, it is such a beautiful time. This is what I told the youth this morning about that text. So many ordination services I have watched, and Russ and I usually go through the line first and offer blessing, and then we come and get to watch the process from up here and watch all of you do this. And the truth is, if I were to take a creative writing uh, opportunity and write about what I'm witnessing. I'm pretty sure that 2,000 years later, if somebody read what I wrote, they would swear that your faces were aglow, that a voice from heaven was heard offering blessing on these beloved, that something changed in the room when we gave power in our touch and power in our voice to say, blessed are you who say yes to service. I think I could write it in a way that people would think, I wish stuff like that still happened today. Because stuff like that does still happen today as long as we take the opportunity to make it happen. So as I say every time, this isn't a good luck, good job, we believe in you. This is blessing. This is prayer. This is an offering of a touch or a word that says you are God's beloved child. And we look to you to show us the way. So Roxanne will play. And if you are comfortable to come forward, we'll go ahead and get them in place. And we will come down this aisle and just make a loop and go back to your seat. 
and all the time that you are sitting there watching this process, be in a prayerful spirit. Yes, for these here, you do not have to know them. You do not have to put faces with names. Uh, a lot of everybody that's being ordained today are fairly new to our church since just before the pandemic. So many of you do not know them well enough yet, and that is absolutely okay. But take this time to consider these. But also, I am positive you have a lot of people in your life that need blessings, and you can spend this time in prayerful consideration of those who are in need of a blessing today. Won't you come? I'm always so aware that most people go a lifetime without that much love and affirmation, and it's always a reminder to me that we should be doing that all the time, offering one another our love, our support, our prayers, and God's blessing. So if anything happened here today, that a light, that their faces shone, that any tears that dropped were uh, healing and holy, and if you heard a voice from God, may it be one that says to you, go out and do this more, offer blessing more. But these deacons and all the ones that are serving and anybody that's a deacon emeritus, they have a job to do. And so if you do a job, you need a charge. And here it is. Each year we try to find something new to say, something fresh, creative, innovative, words to bless you and charge you in moving forward in this new role of servant leadership. We search for words to inspire, motivate, challenge, and encourage you in taking on this task set before you. Why do we try so hard to find just the right words when the task is really pretty easy to understand that doesn't mean that it's easy to do. But here's what we need. We, and by we, I don't just mean we, I mean we. We need for you to be present, showing up in worship and fellowship and, serv and service as often as you can. We need for you to be aware. Read the newsletter and keep up with all the ministries and mission that happens in this place. We need for you to be our ears and our eyes ever aware of the needs of the congregation. We need your feedback in healthy ways to give us your honest opinion when decisions need to be made. We need your prayers, we need your active engagement in the lives of the families that you will be assigned. This is perhaps the hardest one and the one that makes most deacons live in a perpetual state of guilt. I absolve you ahead of time. Some of the families on your list you will not know. Some you will never hear back from. Some you will likely never meet. And yet they still consider Park Road their church home. Contact them anyway. Trust me, I know what this feels like to reach out and get nothing in return. This is the perfect time to embrace the truth that everything is not about you. 
Sometimes whatever is holding someone back from engaging or re-engaging has nothing to do with anything at 3900 Park Road. Sometimes life just happens to folks. We are still their church until they tell us otherwise. Do not be discouraged. I charge you to just keep at it in your own unique way. But also, there will be many of your families that are active and very involved, and some of your families may even be or become good friends. And all of your families will have joys for you to celebrate, sorrows for you to grieve, and burdens for you to help them carry. We just need for you to be all that God created you to be, even as you continue to grow in your own spiritual journey. So we charge you to be you, just you, with your own unique gifts and passions, with your own unique quirks and style. You have been called at the right place and in the right time as the right person to help Park Road Baptist Church be all that God has called us to be. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray together. Gracious God, you call us all to serve. We give thanks this day for these who have been called for a special season of service in this congregation. Bless Kathleen and Rebecca, Laura and Matt, Julie and Kevin, as they serve here, as they give their lives to this place. Bless them, change them, transform them by their service that they might also change us. In this place, as we work together and live together and serve together, change us from one degree of glory to another until we live into the image in which you created us. We give thanks this day in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.